Hi and welcome to Nuance Podcast with Logan and Yuja, where we seek to develop a space of vitality for nuanced discussion about fundamental principles of human connection. Our message is to think of and for yourself, to accept others and their thoughts, and to empower each other. Follow us as we follow our curiosity and enjoy the episode. It's nice to be back at the table. It is nice. Yeah, it feels like such a long time since we sat down to record. That was about a week, a week and a half. Yeah, it's only been a couple of days. We usually record on a weekend mm. and then um, try and have it posted by uh, midweek. But last weekend we went and saw family. We did. That Which was really nice. It was really good. Yeah. Um, went down to Phillip Island mm. and um, with the, the lockdowns easing to the point where we can actually get out and visit people and travel, um, we sure took advantage of that. Yes. So, we spent a good bit of time catching up with family over the last week, which has been an awesome feeling. It's been really good. How have you found that um, for your mental state, being able to go and actually see people again? Well, it's freeing. It just feels like we've got a bit of freedom back and a bit of, um, norm- not normality, but just we're getting something back. We've, you know, I mean, they would say that we've worked hard for this, but it's just been a long time coming I suppose yeah how did you feel seeing everyone again like in the same room because I'm different and I've you know I've my experience in lockdown has been pretty full-on and I've moved out of it or moving through it a lot differently than I had you know during the first kind of part of it um as a different version of me seeing my family and it's been it was like what seven months since I saw most of my other siblings Mm. it was it was pretty it was weird but it was really nice everyone you know I I felt like rejuvenated when I saw them yeah Mm. yeah definitely like more than ready to actually get out and interact with people again yeah (laughs) it was an awesome um really awesome feeling to see everyone and everyone was kind of happy and, and on the same page and everyone had kind of just gotten to the point where it was like enough's enough we just miss family yeah. I don't care sort of what your politics are I don't care what your thoughts no, are everything what's happened. that it just, just went out the window doesn't matter because at the end of the day I haven't seen you in such a long time yeah. and I miss you family love yeah it, it just was, came back to love it was really beautiful to uh, to see everyone again and catch up and be part of that vibe yeah it was a lot of fun um, how did you feel <clears throat> Yeah, like I said, I, it's, I it was really I was relieved. I was I was genuinely relieved. I was going into it. I'm like, I don't know where everyone sort of stands on the situation and what what happened and the situation as it stands now. I don't know what everyone sort of listened to or you know read and mm. so yeah, just what everyone's kind of stance on the situation is. And so I was a bit nervous, um, rocking up as to how that was going to sort of play out. Um, That's fine. But yeah, to just, just to rock up and, you know, open the door and see, see your family just there. And mm. it was like nothing had sort of changed. Yeah. Nothing had sort of, it was like, it was like just block old times kind of thing. Yeah. But it was just even more sweet because we just hadn't seen each other in such a long time. And That's I think it. regardless of anything, like I said, it didn't matter what your thoughts were or um, what you believed. It was just time with each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really great to be a part of um, that again. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds it sounds weird. You know, it sounds kind of sad, me just being like saying it's something good to be part of. Yeah. No, you know, yeah. Like, it's, like it's something that's, um, that's rare. 
<laughs> well, that's what it, it just, has been rare. It just feels that's what it feels <laughs> like. It just feels it feels like such a rare thing at now, like at this in this day and age. I know, uh, which is really crap to to even hear myself say that. I know. Um, but no, really, really it awesome. Did, it did feel really good. Yeah. So, because we were talking about um, what we were going to do with recording. And because we knew that, especially now that lockdowns were lifting, the weekends were going to be probably taken up by seeing family or by doing activities that we weren't going to be able to do before. Yeah. Um, so we're probably not going to be able to necessarily just keep our weekends free to record, which probably actually works in our favor anyway. Probably. You know, it kind of boxing in a date or a weekend like that. It didn't work anyway because we were recording two or three times a weekend because... You know, the conversation didn't feel like it was, like, strong enough or there's things that didn't... The vibe wasn't there in some of the conversations. Whereas during the week, we get ideas and we start having a conversation about any kind of topic and it actually becomes really interesting. Mm. So it's better to just sit down on whenever we're having this discussion and, this, this and let is exactly, it flow. Exactly right. Like, we... Kind of get our inspiration for our episode during the week, yeah. And then we'd like sit on it, yeah. Um, and then discuss it on the, and then sit down and record it on the weekend. But then half the time, because we've sat there and we've actually spoken about, we've spoken it all through, yeah. You know, once or twice. By the time we sit down to officially record it, it's like we're trying to curate a, an unoriginal conversation at that point. I know. And it it was actually it actually got quite difficult it was, and it was we were putting pressure on ourselves to be able to to do that yeah. and so yeah like you said that did take sometimes it actually took two or three takes yeah. before we ended up with something we were we were happy with to put out there mm, moderately happy <laughs> <laughs> so it's a learning curve anyway and so here we are on a tuesday recording instead of on the weekend that's right so it feels like it's only been a couple of days but it feels like it's been a long time since we sat here but anyway, that's our story. That's that's the that's our little backstory here, which is uh, really fascinating stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, you've started looking into the theta healing. It's called, mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk about that a little bit because it's really interesting because it ties in a lot with um, what we sort of believe and value, particularly when it comes to healing. And <clears throat> I think it actually will break open a little bit about why I walked away from osteo. Right. And I thought that would actually be a good thing for us to talk about. And so I didn't want to talk too much about it off microphone because, like I said, I want to try and capture these authentically rather than us have a big chat, have a really good big chat and then come back and try and recreate it on, on air. Well, I'll do my best to explain it properly. but That's okay. We're here together. I'm just learning, so it's not... And it's just sharing a little bit of information, a bit of ourselves. Okay. So how did you come across it? Well, my friend, my good friend Alex gave me a hard drive of um, many resources about meditation, yoga, and anything kind of in between spirituality and energy healing and then other random stuff. And I have been using it, I've been taking advantage of it because there's a lot of good books and courses and all of this stuff that I've come across and one of them was theta healing I was really interested in energy healing and I wanted to get into it but I wasn't quite sure what kind of energy healing I really was looking for 
because there's the Reiki and then there's some, I've done a shardy. Yeah, shardy and there's yeah. all these other ones and yeah. I just didn't know what was right for me. And I came across Theta Healing and I was like, I don't even know what it is. But it was Theta, Theta. And I, it actually resonated so well with me because it was really what I believed in. And her message was, it's not her. She said, I'm not teaching you anything new. I'm not telling you anything. I'm reminding you of what you already know. And that is how powerful we are and where where we've come from. Mm. We know where we've come from. Our souls are here experiencing human life, but we know where we've come from intuitively. So It's like our souls know, like our, our human, our ego doesn't know. No, our, our, our ego is here is in, this, in this experience. Yeah, because yeah. it's growing and it's learning and there's lessons to be learned and there's things to overcome, there's um, ties to be cut, there's habits to be stopped and changed and uh, kind of like karma, you know, um, uh, what's it called? Um like a balance, a flow. Yeah, a... like a yeah. So wherever our souls have been, and it's just that lesson to get back home. Essentially, we need to learn some lessons to get back home. Why? I'm not going to answer that because that's something we'll never know. We can be here all night. <laughs> mm. So theta healing is essentially you um, using the energy of the earth. So using visualization and using the energy of the earth and bringing it up through your body and picturing a ball of light above you so you and then you in that light so you actually come out of your body and then you send yourself up all the way through the um, levels of the planes of existence this is just a basic explanation of it um, to the seventh plane of existence which is god essentially and you use that energy and you connect with that energy and that's where you get that infinite divine most powerful energy which is everything and anything that she calls it the creator of all that is um she says god as well but she says creator of all that is she calls it and you visualize yourself in that that place and you take in the energy and you can ask questions and you can receive messages but through that you can also use that energy to seek to help someone find what's wrong with them if they come to you, so to heal them. So if they come to you for, you know, I've got a sore arm or I'm depressed or any kind of healing, you can kind of go use that energy and see um, in their body, essentially. I haven't gone as far as that, but you can go in their body and you can see what, uh, and intuitively God shows you what is imbalanced or what isn't working etc etc and then you can have like a communication or a, a, a like an energy transaction with yourself and that the yeah. ailment so you're the you're the vessel you're not you are don't you're not that energy you just connect with that energy become the vessel to help that person heal yeah so yeah and then you can you remove whatever it is and then you replace it with something good so with, I mean, it's not always something that be to be replaced, but if you wanted to replace it with unconditional love or just divine love or just put some of that in that person, if they ask for it, then that's kind of how it works. That's really interesting. So like, because the way I look at the world um, is like, and what we've spoken about and what we definitely agree on is that we are like, we are essence, in essence, we are God. And we are mm. eminence. We emanate from God. We have our own soul. Yeah. We have our own energy field that emanates from the underlying 
everythingness <laughs> um, <laughs> of all that is. And it seems like that seventh plane that you say you access when you are theta healing is accessing that everything, accessing that God, that divine, that when you get into that place yeah. and you get to see the uh, the energy or the essence of everything in this physical existence, but you see it as the energy, not as the physical... Yeah, not the physical thing. ...manifestation that we perceive as humans. Yeah, no, Does that no. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you but... don't see that. You don't see um, anything that is the energy. You feel it. You become yeah. it. You connect with it. And you... I think she explains it as this white twinkling... Like it's a resources are sparkling, you see pinks and blues, but then it's just this multicolored kind of like um, what's that uh, that noise, but nicer for yeah. me. It's it's nicer. Like it's like noise. a light, yeah, white yeah. noise, but it's lighter and brighter, and there's more twinkly thing. But it's not just it's not something that's away from me. It's everywhere. Yeah, because it we fills, are all connected. We with are all it. connected. It, it is everywhere around us. So you're kind of like connecting with source. And then through your connection with source, you are visualizing or you're feeling everything else that is of source, yeah. which is every every living thing, everything in, That's in this That's it. that we perceive humanly. Yeah, everything. Because we're humans, we're, we've been born into this physical realm. With and, senses. And... and through the senses that we have, we perceive things mm. and we perceive things being separate from us through space and, space and time. Space and time, yeah. But in that seventh plane, there is from that source, there is no that. space. There no is no space. time. It's just an isness. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and that's what you're sort of connecting with. Yeah. She also does talk about time in one of the books that I'm reading, and she says that there is no time. Mm. Even when you're connecting with that person, that time does not exist. Mm. When you connect with, and that it's called theta because um, it's a brainwave, the theta brainwave, which I'm not really good at explaining, but essentially it's like a dream state. That's that. Can we connect there yeah. in that dream state? And we go there and that's what, um, yeah, that's the space that we're in. Is that because it's it, like, it, spiritually speaking, it's like when we're, we're the most surrendered? Because when you go to sleep every night, you sort of have to surrender to sleep. If, you, yeah, if right. your mind's racing and we've got all this stuff... That's actually a really good all, way to put it. You're yeah. all tensed up, then you don't sleep. You hold yourself awake. Yeah. It's not until you actually surrender and accept um, sleep that you can fall asleep. And I guess when you get into that deeper deeper state yeah that's when you can start to communicate just, yeah. and to be opened up to all different sorts of things that's a really good way to put it yeah does that is that i think so like i'm still learning about it so i'm still wrapping my head around because she there's a lot of information about <laughs> that and i'm not really good with science stuff so no, okay. i'm working my way into understanding it a bit better so the aim is for like is to consciously be able to access that state in order it's to help others yeah, and yourself. And yourself. And it's, it's just connecting and raising the consciousness as well. Like, she also talks about... Um, Who is she, by the way? Oh, she is Viana. Or v- Viana. I say Viana, but I think her name's Viana. I forgot what her last name is. But she, um, she founded Theta Healing, and she came across this... Um, she was really... In- she was interested in, like, herbal medicines and naturopathy and all those natural stuff already. She already kind of had that knowledge and about the anatomy as well. So when she, she was put in... There was an experience that she had where she didn't have anything to heal someone. Someone asked her to heal because they'd heard about her, and I, I can't remember that backstory. Right. But um, she didn't have anything, so she was like, well, all I've got is myself. And I think she mm-hmm. heard um, God's voice as well with her being like, you know exactly what to do. You've got everything inside you. And um, she 
essentially just went up and she got direction somehow or she just fixed like naturally her body just experienced that and then healed whoever came and asked her so she was able to like surrender herself like get into that meditative state where she can just access yeah the, she was the, connected the, before mm-hmm. that anyway but this was on a different level she was like oh this is cool that kind of thing and then she had um she had cancer as well that she totally cleared it was a nine-inch tumour in her leg, I think, that um, they said that she needed to amputate her leg and um, or that she was going to die. She was, they were saying all this stuff. And she was just like, <laughs> not ready yet, you know. And she's like, all right, let's use this energy. Let's use this on me. She used it. She Everything went. The doctors couldn't believe it. Miracle. Is it is it energy or is it like a, like a I guess, communication with your, like with, between yourself and the whatever the problem is yeah yep. does that make sense yep no you're right yeah no yeah so she when you get up to that plane that seventh plane and in you're in that space you command um you make a yeah you make create a command saying that um this i release this tumor or i want to clear this tumor completely take it and i want to replace it with love or healing or whatever's right in that moment because she talks about communication she says that you have to use the right words yep. and the, the language sorry you have to use the right language and terminology of what you're actually getting rid of or what you're healing because if you say what she talks about um if you say get rid of all the heavy metals from my body that's what calcium zinc magnesium that's the stuff our body needs yep. so she's like essentially we will become water if yeah you know you're getting rid of like vital nutrients (laughs) yeah so she's like you you make sure you be specific because god will do anything that you ask him but also that he he won't as well like there's a divine timing she's um she talks about as well where so everyone has kind of their own timing in life and by going up into that state you can actually ask what your divine timing is and what is asked of you could be your purpose it could be anything a, a, a romantic relationship that you're manifesting or whatever it is so because that's an interesting point because i mm-hmm. believe that we have free will mm-hmm. but if there is the this kind this idea of a divine timing yeah would that indicate that we have there is a destiny that we are going to fulfill no matter what happens or there is something that is going to come to us no matter what i think we still have free will whether we want that or not we'll just come back I think that's why maybe we do keep coming back in life. You know, reincarnate. Reincarnate because that divine plan hasn't finished. So maybe that's my perspective. I do believe that we reincarnate. We have to learn lessons and they don't take one lifetime. You have to have numerous experiences um, in different positions and different roles Mm. to fulfill that whole um, purpose of your soul. Because so, I, I look at it like like the divine is, or God, the universe, however you want to word it, mm-hmm. is this infinitely expanding life source that permeates everything and everything is manifested from. Mm-hmm. And so, because it's infinite, it's constantly expanding. There's no limit on it. There's no limit on the possibilities. No, it's limitless. Of what it can manifest and, and what can be created by its manifestations. And so... I think that our souls are like, it's like a, a an extension of that divine energy with the purpose of animating a human being mm-hmm. or animating a tree yep. or animating an animal yep. or whatever. And the reason that that soul is there is so that the divine can experience through that soul 
that particular perspective of that human that it's manifesting or the, the tree or the animal. Sure. Um, and so because the soul has that purpose of, cre- of, I guess, showing the divine what it's capable of through that perspective, that enables the human being that is manifested from that to have free will and to make whatever decision, to make whatever choices, to live whatever life they choose or they see fit. Mm-hmm. So... That to me, I've got to try. I've got to try and, I guess, yeah. uh, reconcile that idea of um, of having like a divine, divine timing. timing with that, with the fact that we have free will. Yep. Well, the thing is, is that we still do have free will, um, but you know, we're born with particular abilities and skills and talents, likes and dislikes, and we're naturally drawn to our divine timing to our purpose we're naturally drawn that way i'm i'm not a scientist in this life otherwise i'd be really interested in science who knows you're only, you're only 29 but for example you know and i'm more drawn to creative creativity i'm more emotional you know the way i um i think is different take us two for example you're really logical i'm very emotional um <sighs> Help me out. What else is the is our diff- the differences? Uh, you are very. You're a lot more creative, like visually creative, than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a girl. And you're a boy. I'm a boy. <laughs> it's just 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 to name a couple. Um, no, it's true. We are born. We are born. I guess with a blueprint. We are born with a starting point. I think we've have we discussed this in a previous episode, or has it just been just been one of our I conversations? Can't remember, yeah. And so, like, we are, we are born with particular traits and characteristics and a yeah. personality. Even, because I know you can definitely reconcile even um, astrology with that. You know, if the divine yeah. wanted to experience its capability through this particular human perspective, yeah. then it, it would allow a soul to give birth yeah. or give manifest, is probably a better way to put it, um, to a human being at this particular point in time so that their personality could be influenced by the, the status of the universe at that moment in time. Yeah. Um, you know, you know how to say that, like Libra people that are Librans are really they procrastinate a lot, and or they go get. I don't know, sure. but um, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> you couldn't use your own for an example. Uh, yeah, or Virgos worry a lot, as go. my mother likes to tell me. <laughs> um, but I've learned how to harness that and make it into a good thing. Well, Cancer's a water sign, and we're very emotional. Mm. But I'm also on the cusp of Leo, which is fire sign. So I have both fire energy. And I'm also very emotional. So and you have this like inbuilt rage, which just is the perfect mixture for those two signs. I do. But yeah. that goes on to genetic history. Like that's his <laughs> historic uh, belief systems. Potentially. She talks about four different belief systems because yep. she talks about limiting beliefs. So she says that you've got the healer and then the, the client, yep. right? Um, and the client comes to, to, comes to the healer for healing. But they might have a limiting belief. They might not want to be healed. And that sounds insane and crazy. But sometimes for, there is an innate limiting belief that they don't want to be healed because of whatever reason. They might have been told 
something and they don't feel worthy of life or they don't feel worthy to feel good or whatever the situation was for them. But what she likes to do is work with the client. If she can't heal them on um, based on just doing a body scan with the energy and seeing and then just healing it, if it doesn't want to be healed and she gets that message, it's belief work, she says. She doesn't stop and says, no, I can't heal you. She says there's belief work there that we need to do to work together. And you can also change that belief as you're with that person. Because when you're in that um, seventh seventh plane mm. and you're with the person in front of you, you don't get to access their beliefs, do you? Obviously, they're still personal to that individual. Um, like- it depends if they allow you or not. You also ask them for permission. And even so, like you can move out of that state and you can sit down with them later and then be like, all right, well, let's work on what's stopping you. You know, what is there something there that it isn't that you're not feeling worthy of love or that you're not feeling worthy of abundance or what is it that's stopping you? Yeah. Um, and then she talks about there's four four belief systems. We've got, I hope I get this right, there's our core beliefs that uh, we're born with and we grow, it's what we kind of experience here in our early ages and that we, the things that we believe, things that we experience that are told by family, by other parents and teachers and it's the things like that we learn. It's kind of like what us as people are structured around. Yep, that's the understanding of it. The next, uh, there's another one, the history, which I think history is the one with um, the ancestors of the family. Yep. So that's so what we talk about. You joke a lot about me having... Um, um, suppressed Ukrainian rage, and <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually not too far fetched because that is actually we sometimes we might not be aware of some of those beliefs. We need to cut ties with them so that this work, this belief work, actually helps you to unlock what's going on. Because we can talk about, you know, you've got this anger, but I've never really been an angry person. Mm. There's nothing in my life that's caused me to be very angry. Um, there's something else like, okay, well, did, well, you have to kind of keep going and using those experiences, like your own life experiences, and then um, you move through the family, the ancestor, ancestry kind of thing. And then there's the genetic, um, genetic beliefs, which are different, again, slightly. Right. And then there's another fourth one, which I'm not up to. That's okay. But it's interesting mm. because there's a lot There's a lot there that impact us. Yeah. And I think the history one, she says, it comes from, I well, know, is it genetic that, or the history that comes from past lifetimes? Well, is is one of them your, your soul history and the other one your human family history? That could be, that, okay, yeah. I actually have it right in front of me. So, like, when if you've had past lives and you've been reincarnated multiple times, then your soul can carry fragments of previous lives Fragmented with you into this life. Beliefs, yep. Is that which isn't which isn't a necessarily a bad thing? It's just the reminders um, for this life, or you know, or maybe an opportunity to cut ties or fulfill them. Yeah, fulfill those beliefs that you were not able to fulfill in a previous life. That's or it. or growth. Uh, or lessons that you weren't able to learn exactly. or grow through from previous lives you carried yeah. them through to this it's life. It's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. No, it is fascinating. Mm. It's funny, even just looking, like, from, more, from a human perspective, like, at the the unconscious belief system that's carried down through the generations. Yeah. It's like, you, it's not something that you experienced. It's not something that you had to go through yourself personally, yet you're still impacted by what happened generations before you. It's like, what chance? How the fuck are you supposed to unlock... Mm. Uh, limiting belief if you weren't even the one that curated it exactly it's does, crazy huh does she talk does she give provide much on that 
Well, I'm just up to that. Okay. So I've just gotten up to the core beliefs and the programming. So let me just see. Soul level. Okay. So we've got... So the core belief level. The core beliefs are what we are taught and, ex- and accept from childhood in this life. They are beliefs that have become a part of us. They are held as energy in the frontal lobe of the brain. The genetic level. At this level, programs are carried over from ancestors or are being added to our genes in this life. Mm-hmm. And the historic level, this level concerns memories from past lives and deep um, genetic memory or collective consciousness experiences that we carry into the present. These memories are held in our auric field. And then the soul level, this level is all that a person is. Here the programs are pulled off the completeness of the individual, beginning at the heart chakra outward. So I'm just up to soul level, so I want to learn a bit more yep, about that. But that's okay. Yeah. Um, even with like uh, collective consciousness, so is that something that, like it's it could be at like, that point in time yeah, happening in the world? Yeah. So it's yeah. like it's like a more demographic kind of thing necessarily. Like it could be women, the collective consciousness of women, and sure. or the collective consciousness of men, mm-hmm. or of Caucasians, or. Or even like an event that's happening, like World War One, or even go back further in ancient Egypt, right. or yeah, it's probably like something like that. So your experience is contributing to the energy, well, absolutely, the, or the well, vibration. We can say that um, twenty twenty has really impacted and shaped a lot of our um, our world at this point in time. Yeah, our and collective, our, lives, our collective, our collective consciousness, because everyone's yeah. in in it together. Yeah, and everyone's impacted, and everyone's going to have a story to tell. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, for, for years to come so what, and in other lifetimes. So, because this is to do with belief systems, right? Yeah. So, like, I wonder what um, unconscious collective beliefs are being installed in our energy fields, in mm. our souls at this moment in time. Because yeah. this, is, this is something that we're all going to have to overcome. It's a lesson. There's It's it's a growth opportunity for us, for everybody in this situation collectively Absolutely. that we're in. Mm. And uh, it's it just it's interesting anyway to see how this is sort of going to play out going forward. Oh, it's but very there's definitely definitely a, a belief system that's going to be installed somewhere. I think in each of us is, out of it, this, it is happening. I feel everyone's there's a there's a big percentage of the collective that are turning to God, are turning to more spiritual. I'm not saying God is in like Christian God. Mm-hmm. God is in anything Something that bigger. yeah. It's, it's, I think because life so out, feels so out of control at the moment. Like we, It's so difficult to know what's around the next corner. Yeah. And it's like all you, that you're kind of left with is hope or faith. That's and it. I think that's, pe- people are turning or people are dropping down and praying that there is something, if they believe it or not, you know, that that's there is it. something yeah. bigger than themselves that is in has some sort of control because in- at least you can align yourself with something that is in control because you sure as hell aren't in control. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, I think it's not that we're not in control. I think that this is bigger than mm. us. I, I think there's something hap- There's a shift happening. And even like it's funny how you mentioned how people that don't even believe in God are going on their knees. And it's like, isn't that interesting that they actually have surrendered? And it's like what was holding them to not believe before. So they always had that innate, our souls are always being called to something greater, to that divine energy, Mm. that source. And it is the only place because we know that it, whatever it is, he, she, whatever it is for us, that it can be our saving grace and that it is our saving grace. It's more powerful than any of us that we can possibly imagine. Mm. So it is something that we put our faith in because we know that it it can fix this issue. Because mm. it is it's something that you tap into when you're trying to manifest something. Mm. 
and that's all to me. That's that's why I I'm like I said I'm not religious in a sense, but I can I sp- I know the religious I know the language. Yeah. And it really resonates with me. That to me is what pray is. When, you, when you're when you praying for something, you're tapping into that energy source and you're attempting to make manifest that what you're praying, that which you're praying for. That's it. And so that I think definitely is, has changed the vibration mm. um, collectively at the moment. There, there is a massive divide and it's not something we're going to, I don't want to get into it with this. No. But there is definitely, there is a divide, but there is a massive portion of people I think that have, uh, come out a lot more publicly, um, publicly maybe unafraid. in a sense. For, yeah, They're more unafraid. I don't mean publicly necessarily as in like out for everyone to know, but maybe it's just it's something that um, people have retreated to for themselves. Yeah. This idea, this hope, this just faith. There has to, if there is something bigger than me, then please help me get through this. Yeah. Help the world get through this because this is really scary what's going on. Mm. We have conversations with people and it's like, we can only hope, we can only pray, we can only, we can only do that. Yeah. That is all it is. And we have to come together. We have to pray together. We have to be in, you know, one balance. We have to be grounded. We have to, that's the only option for a lot of us right now. It's going to show the power of hope um, and having Mm -hmm. faith. Yeah. Just that something will work out for the better. No yeah. matter how dire a situation is, there is some benefit to come from it. Yeah. And that's, I guess, the faith or the hope that you have to have in a particular yeah. situation. That's it. You guys how we need that. Like, we need that to be able to stay, I guess, motivated. It's not, the, it's not a need for it. We are inclined that way. We are built that way. Our souls are here. We're souls. And that's what is natural for us. It's natural for us to look up when in hope. Even if we don't even we don't even say the words, just being like taking a deep breath and raising our eyes to the heavens, like that's something. It's those little little things that we do, you know. It makes it yeah. connects us. It's, you know it's that, like, in, in in us. It, it, and I think I I've really I remember one. It's so vivid. Um, when I used to come home, I used to work nights at um, Woolies, and when I'd come home, um, I don't like. I don't know. For some reason, it was a thing at my like at mum and dad's place. Yeah. We'd never use the front door. We'd, for some reason, we'd park. <laughs> we'd always go in, like go in the house from the from the back. Yeah. And so you, you'd, I'd walk into the backyard and I'd just look up at like the night sky. Mm. And if it wasn't cloudy, there wasn't a huge amount of light pollution, so you could just see like the Milky Way. It was amazing. I used to look up, and there was one time I just remember looking up, and I was like. I actually I looked at a star and it was like in my mind's eye, in my third eye, I was like transported yeah. to like witnessing it like up close. Like you see pictures of the earth from the moon. It was like that. Wow. Like I'm no longer looking at something twinkling. I'm like looking at this ball, yeah, wow. like an actual a planet or a, a, yeah, like a gas ball. And it's just, it was so humbling. And I, every, every star I looked at, it was like that. Yeah, wow. And I just felt so connected. And in that moment, my ego fell away because it was such an overwhelming sense of, I am so small. Uh, I am so small in the big scheme of things, in the size of this universe that we inhabit on this planet. I am so freaking tiny. (laughs) And it was like, funnily enough, like it was almost too like a a moment of, it's like not, not nihilism, but it was like, it wasn't like I'm meaningless. It was like, because I'm so small. In the grand scheme of things, what impact am I ever going to be able to make? Do you know what I mean? And it was like, but it, I'm nodding my head. <laughs> usually, 
if that's the kind of thought you come to, you don't come to that out of a a. Uh, I'm just like sort of spitballing here. No. You don't you don't come to that out of like a a spiritual kind of connectedness. You come to that out of a more egotistical like Human. humanness, and that's probably more so where you feel depressed or you feel yeah. really really down. Yeah. But it was like everything felt really heightened, and it was it was like a just a, such a humbling moment where I'm like, just put myself in put myself in perspective regarding the whole universe, and I'm such a tiny being here. But you're not. But it, it's it's like it's a moment where you yeah, can I just go. It. I'm not. I'm not arrogant. I'm not bigger than I than I actually. I don't think I'm bigger than I actually am. I am tiny, and it was. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, like I said, it's not, it wasn't nihilism. It wasn't like life is meaningless. Mm. What's the point of me doing anything? Because at the end of the day, I'm just going to die and no one's going to remember me in a, in a, in a, in the future. That's so sad. No, so, but, but that's what I mean. Like it's, I know, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to describe this and it's really difficult because it's, hasn't mm. happened to me that intensely since. Um, but it was like tapping into this, like. Was it just a perspective kind of thing? Like you had a. It was just a totally different perspective from what you knew. Not necessarily a different perspective. It was just the experience of it. It was an experience. Sure. And it, like it wasn't like I was physically doing anything. No. It was just like this. Mo- it was just it was this just moment happening. of connection. Yeah. With like that divine source. Sure. It's like the best way that I can put it. Sure. And it was like all of a sudden becoming aware of everything. And like it just the, 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 the actual depth of this existence that we live in, that we, that we experience. And it was like, it wasn't that I didn't matter. It was just that I, it, relative to was everything it- out there, I am only a small player. Was it like an awe moment? Yeah. Like a grand oh, awe? Like, it was. Because I think I've had a similar experience when I first um, was researching about space for my project. And I looked up for the, like, I always, I love the sky, I love the stars, I was always looking up. But there was a moment, and I think it, it was similar to that. I had It was an experience. It was yeah. a shift in, oh, my God, there is so much more to this life than what is happening right here because yeah. I remember I was in my car I was in Tullamarine at the lights like I know exactly where I was and I just looked up and I was like oh my gosh like bitten with no words like mm. it was an awe moment like <sighs> like it's it's a whole experience like yeah. your whole body's vibrating it's like you comprehend in that moment in time it's not like you, you it's not like you, you know you can look up at the stars and go the stars are beautiful tonight no. it's like it's you look up and you, you are there you like know you're with them. it's a knowing yeah i think it's that oh my god it's like there's so i am so small yeah. i think i understand that but i'm part of this too yeah that I was think, my yeah. like i i was like oh my gosh this universe is so amazing and what i'm looking at right now and like i was looking at nebula nebula mm. and it was just all magic it didn't seem real but this moment captured it and i was like oh my god this is what i'm looking at and yeah. this is what i'm a part of mm. and i think that just and it i it felt like now, i don't even i can't remember i'd even think about this moment but it all like shrunk inside me yeah it was like it disappeared but it went inside me yeah like a like a vacuum 
Like I've, I sucked all of that experience and I went straight into my body and then I just held onto it. I think that's what got me through my whole project. Wow. That's really powerful. I've never had that much power in a mm. project ever. Yeah. And there was not the, the guidance that I had and the unwavering faith that I could actually do it. Yeah. And that it was for something bigger was there. Yeah. During that whole time, nothing broke me. I was like all in. It was amazing. It's so it's it's it, it's incredible. That experience. That's that's I think that's yeah. what I felt. Yeah. That's what it was. I think you probably, you probably summed that up a lot better than what I did. But it it's like that empowering moment mm. where you just in that instant you go from being a human being standing on planet Earth just looking up at the sky to being this soul that is just part of this infinite field of life yeah and it's like in that instant you're transported into that and you can you feel it and you comprehend it Mm. and like i said you take it back with you you bring it you bring it back with you and it's such a incredible powerful moment and i i I think i i took that i've taken that with me to this to this day yeah you know and it's not something that it's not an experience that i necessarily replicate constantly because i just can't it's not physically possible to do that but it's like a reminder Mm. it's it's like it's always i've never forgotten it yeah and it's like when i am down a little bit i do i think think back to that moment at times that's nice and just go i'm i am small but i am powerful and everything that's out there is in me and i'm in everything that's out there that's it I love these conversations. It's it's really, and that's why I really like this theatre this theatre healing that you're looking into because it's acknowledging that we're all connected. Like in this physical reality that we're that we're in right now, we are separated. We I see you as sitting a meter and a half across from me with a microphone in the middle of us mm. and a light above us, you know, in our little our little soundproofed cubby. <laughs> but on that deep layer, that deep plane of existence none of this exists like this well it's interesting because so there are two ways to get to the seventh plane one of them is using the energy of the earth so visualizing energy of the earth coming up through your feet through your body um opening up all your chakras and becoming a ball of light above your head you open your crown chakra and you have a ball of light into your head and you go in that light and you shoot up through the universe and you keep flying go past the universe through other light um light planes so just like there's a, another white light plane go through keep going through that there's another white light keep going through it there's another there's a dark one go through it then there's like a jelly or like a liquid type substance which are the laws and you go through that and then you get to the seventh plane and the laws is in like motion gravity and all that i think so i haven't got up to it like the she laws that bind our physical existence i'm assuming yeah, yeah. And then we get to the seventh plane, right? That's one way to get there. Another um, another way, which I probably prefer, is you do the same thing. So you um, create all the energy, grow the energy, and you, f- you get that ball, but you don't go anywhere. You get connected with the seat under you, whatever you're sitting on or if it's the floor. Connect that and become that, like blend your like merge the molecules and you become one and then you slowly do everything in the room and then i kind of had a picture of when i'm on photoshop you know sometimes you've got so like just say you've got different kind of layers yep and you um i get the paint bucket tool 
and you press each one and it, each kind of thing turns into the same kind of colour. Yeah, 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 I was yeah. doing that, but with the seventh um, plane of existence, that uh, light, sparkling energy. Yeah. And I was, so I was transforming me into it and then the seat and then everything around me and then everything between me and the items and then the, and then the planet and then everything else. And then all those planes of existence. And then everything is just one. So it is, it's just, and you connect, it's so cool because it's it's all here, mm. like in between us and in us and around us. It and just hasn't manifested anything yet. No. So it seems like, it seems like space to us. Yeah. But it's not space, it's oxygen and it's, it's yeah. all of that. Oh, that yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so even that, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's not just nothing. It is something we mm. have to, we're functioning in this realm. It's really interesting. I can't wait to get to up to that chapter the where she does talk about um, the different planes because I've heard about it and my cousin talks about it. Mm. He brought it up and I'm like, I can't get it out of my head. And I love that idea of just becoming one with everything. Well, because that's, like, that's what we believe. I think that's the thing. This is why yeah. it's resonating so deeply because yeah. we do believe that it, there is an energy source everywhere. It, it is in everything. Mm-hmm. Everything is of it. And so what you're doing when you're when you're surrendering like that is you're accessing your soul and then through your soul you're allowing yourself to access everything you access that divine so things do fall away physical boundaries and laws do fall away because the divine is not bound by our physical reality our physical laws and so you're accessing that Mm. i think that's why i that's why it resonates with you so well and you're really loving this and why i'm loving hearing you and, and talking with you about yeah. this because it resonates with what I believe too. Yeah. Because that's why she was saying, she goes, I'm not teaching you something. I'm not teaching you a skill or anything. I'm reminding you of what you already know, what you have within you. You know, how to get there. Because I, 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 she even said, she's like, all right, cross your legs or put your feet in the floor or sit up straight. She's like, do you know why I said that? To be professional can sit however way you want mm. you can sit com- just as long as you're comfortable yeah. there is no you don't have to have your back up straight sometimes i can't actually sit up straight because i have an ache in my back yeah and it's it's really uncomfortable so i either have to lean on something or lie down mm-hmm. and th- i don't think that's a rare thing i, I get that too. i don't like meditating sitting. if i was to meditate yeah. i'd rather lean back against something or just lay down altogether because yeah. i get really tight hip flexors mm-hmm. and i get ache an ache between my shoulder blades yeah you know, I, there's a whole bunch of things. That and my, because I'm tensing, you're yeah. tensing as well. When I'm standing up, I'm like, I'm tensing. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. But I'm like, I want to relax, but I can't. Because you're holding a posture. That's why. It's also harder to, like, I find it harder to breathe um, with my belly. Like having a full breath when I'm sitting. That's what I'm really trying to practice. And what um, Aisha, Alex, Alex's friend, I'm showed me in one of her breathing classes. She's, she's like, it is a lot harder to sit up because we're not used to it. Because when we stand, we're, you know, we are more focused on holding our stomach in and yeah. make, make sure we're thin and all this crap. And that's, yeah, that's what's been in my head. So it is harder for us to, it's harder for me to sit up and meditate, especially when I take a deep breath. The deep breath comes from my chest, not yeah. from my belly. Yeah. It the oxygen doesn't go and fill my belly and my body and my rib cage and it doesn't flow through properly there's a blockage there already so when i lie down I'm, and when you're more relaxed you can like they call it a buddha belly breath so you just you literally expand your belly to make it like look pregnant with oxygen we're doing it now <laughs> <laughs> and it feels so good well yeah because you, you breathe like breathing is life if mm. you stop breathing you die Oh, yeah. you know, so you're, you're inhaling life and like when you breathe deeply and you get as much of the breath into your body as possible then mm. you're giving your body the maximum amount of that life that you're sucking in yeah 
if you have a blockage somewhere, or you're only breathing shallowly, you're only breathe, you're only breathing in so much love. That's it. That's it. And we often like because I I'm now so aware of it, and every time I'm like when I inhale and I'm like. <laughs> And it's short and I can't anymore. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, I don't, I don't even feel it past my, like, the top of my rib cage. Mm. Like, I can just feel it, like, in my neck. And then my, my shoulders get sore. I'm like, okay. So then I take three more breaths or as many as I need to to kind of just connect back with my body and be stay grounded and just stay relaxed. Because you, you, it's easier to move through your day when you're relaxed. When you're tense, you know, like, I don't like being t- I don't think anyone really likes being tense. No. I mean, being tense isn't comfortable for anyone mm. but sometimes we don't realize we're tense until we're told to relax or when we lie down in bed you know after a hard day and we're like oh my god this feels so good yeah and then we relax in that second but it's like or you know to an extent anyway because we're still thinking about well does a lot, i think the source of a lot of that tension it's, it's sort of sourced from like something that's not just physical like physical to, mm. to, to, to me so. what i what i come have come to believe is that a lot of the time physical tension is a is the it's like the final that that tension that we physically experienced it's like the final frontier for the tension that's been underlying emotionally um psychologically spiritually um for however however long it's sort of been there for and so if it's if it is a an underlying belief system that we haven't picked up on that is unconsciously generating some kind of spiritual tension that can manifest itself emotionally where we're frantic, we're stressed, we're anxious. Um, you know, and we just can't pin down why we're so on edge, why we're so alert. And so what happens physiologically in our body when we're stressed and we're anxious is it's we're in a our autonomic nervous system fires and we're in this state of, of fight or flight. It's that it's that innate survival mechanism that we have as as living beings, mm. you know, on this on this planet. We've managed to override a lot of the, the, um, the survival, the existential threats by, you know, technology, improvements in industry, mm. all that stuff. Anyway, I don't want to go into all that because it's a different <laughs> sort of thing. But that fight or flight response, oftentimes, actually, it, it prepare because it prepares us to run or to or the, to fight. Our or muscles auto freeze. Our muscles tense up. Our heart rate picks up. That's it. Um, our blood pressure increases. Um, we, we our temperature raises. Like all these all these physiological changes happen in our body to prepare us for for whatever it is that we perceive as a threat. Mm. And so something that could be an underlying spiritual dis a soulful dysfunction because of a, a belief system that is outdated or is challenging us mm. in a way that we it, we are not consciously aware of. It can actually create a cascade that becomes manifested physically, and so we have this tension in our body, and so that can that tension over a long period of time can actually lead to genuine dysfunction, um, and then so you can treat that dysfunction physically, but the, because you're only you're only treating the like the the final symptom of the dysfunction, you're not actually treating the illness as a whole, and I, I think now like. That's one of the, the that's why one of the reasons I, I did walk away from osteo, and it's not because I think the profession or the the manual therapies in general suck, because I don't. I think there's definitely a place for them. I think we definitely need them mm. because they they do help so many people, and without them we would be we would struggle. <laughs> I think yes, you know the advancements in healthcare, are, are, you know, incredible, absolutely incredible to where we are now, and it's definitely helped to improve our overall quality of life. 
But I think there are elements that are just fundamentally ignored in our Western healthcare model, which I think are also actually crucial when it comes to living your best life and living your most conscious and true life. Mm. Um, because there, a lot of the time it's like, you'll have a person that will come in with, with, with some kind of pain, some kind of ache somewhere. And then you'll, you know, massage, give them a crack, you know, give them a couple of stretches, some exercises to go on with, come back in a week's time and we'll do the same sort of thing again. And we'll reassess your situation every time I see you. And it's, it's so, I, it just didn't resonate with me because I don't know if I understood it at the time, but I understand it better now. It's that to me, it's you're, you're treating the final symptom of a person's illness. Mm. And that's why I believe a lot of the time when you can actually get to, if, if you can facilitate the rise in a, an individual's consciousness and empower that person to live truthfully to their beliefs, or probably first of all, become aware of what they actually believe, mm-hmm. what, what is in their psyche, what is in their, in their soul that they need to come to terms with, what they need to grow through, what they need to learn, what they need to be aware of, mm-hmm. if you can help get an individual to that point where they're the most empowered that they can be, then I think actually treating someone physically just takes on a whole new role. Well, the final, like you said, the final kind of phase of their, whatever is causing that, is that's all you're seeing. Yeah. You're only seeing the the sore leg or the sore shoulder. You don't know what the root is. Exactly. You have to get to that root cause. But as an osteo, for you, you you didn't even... How could you get to the root that's not part of what an osteo is about? Because I think, like I said, it's it's one of my... It's it's because it's, it's unique. It's personal to me. It's what's true to me. It's not It's not going to be something that is going to be true to a lot of people that I went to university with or that are already in the profession. They probably poo-poo it. So I'm crazy. I'm full of shit. And that's fine. That's totally fine. But that's their belief, and, but this is your exactly, belief. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I, I look at it... I like the analogy of it being like a log, like a log on a flame. And... The, the our soul is is like our soul and then by extension god is like the log yeah. and the log is what fuels the flame if the flame didn't have the log the flame would exist the flame is our human body is this human physical reality that we're part of and so you can run your hand through a flame or you know manipulate try and manipulate the flame but ultimately the flame will just either burn your hand or it'll just it'll just mold to whatever whatever's gone through it and then it'll just go back to itself. Yeah, the form that it's just taking. When you manipulate the, the, the source of the flame, that's when you change it. That's when you can you can reduce the size of the flame, you can increase the size of the flame, you can get rid of it altogether. Yeah. And so that's why I think when you're just physically looking at someone, when you're just physically addressing someone's tension, someone's pain, you're ignoring, you're, you're just kind of playing with the flame a little bit. You're dancing yeah, sure. around with this malleable um, thing that's going to, it's going to return to its form. If you, if you leave it alone, you know, if, as, you're, as you're sort of touching it and playing with it, it'll change. It'll change shape. Of course it will. Yeah. Um, but as soon as you, if you leave it go, then it'll just go back to what it was. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I sort of look at when it comes to just purely physically treating somebody. Um, that you, all you're doing is, yeah, you're going to help them feel better in the short term. But when it comes to creating lasting results, you need to actually address the the spiritual, emotional, underlying um, potential causes for that pain existing, physical pain existing in the first place. But you have, you're that way inclined. You're spiritually inclined. Mm. So, of course, that would resonate with you. 
Whereas a lot of people aren't. What doesn't? What wouldn't resonate with them? Yeah, they yeah, don't have that, I guess, belief system. Because I think even like that, what that sort of um, cascade that I sort of like spoke about just before, mm. that's kind of gives you your chronic pain. Mm. Because because I've thought about this a lot. I'm like, so that's your chronic pain. Chronic pain, I guess, is a lot easier sourced to a, like a, a longer lasting underlying tension that's been sourced from a, a longer lasting underlying belief system. Yeah. But when it comes to acute pain, pain that's just happened, like a broken bone or a, or a, a car accident or a, I don't know, torn muscle, whatever, whatever the source of like your acute pain is where it's like there's an obvious physical cause for this. Um, I know for me, I broke my leg and it's like obviously someone's just like crashed into my lower half and then my leg kind of gave way. It's, that's obviously the cause of it, you know. There, there's not an underlying spiritual cause there. So what I what I believe, how I've sort of reconciled that is that it's when it comes to acute pain, it's a it's a lesson that you need to learn that you are to learn quickly, or it's an adjustment in your path that you're creating for yourself. Because you said that you hurt you hurt your your hand or your other foot. Like, you had other, like, small kind of injuries. In the lead-up. Yeah, in the lead-up yeah. of it. Well, in the, so, in there the, was something there. In the context, so I was I was a big cricketer when I was when I was younger. I was, mm. It was footy and cricket were my main sports that I played back when I was um, a, a kid going into teenage, into adulthood. Um, cricket was my main sport that I played. I loved it. I was, I was good at it. Um, and I wanted to try and go all the way, go as far as I could, play for, I don't know, Victoria, play for Australia. You know, every kid has those dreams. Um, Sorry. <laughs> well, no, so I, I gave up playing footy because I wanted to focus on cricket. And so, because I was just, I, there was nothing else in my life at that point in time besides sport. There was no idea of any kind of other career that I could, should pursue. Um, and it, it was, it was just, I was going to play cricket. And if nothing else, if there was no other option, yeah, it was just that simple. Yeah. Um, Obviously, that just wasn't the direction that I was supposed to be going. Maybe I was, there was something else that I needed. I needed to go through, go a different journey to be able to unlock my limiting beliefs, you know, my unlock my lessons and my, my growth that I needed to experience. Mm. And so the way that I was going with cricket, being so one-eyed that this is what I have to do, something needed to happen to throw me onto a different course. And... And just disrupt that, throw a spanner into that. So I had to actually sit down and reassess and reevaluate what I actually should be doing, what path is better suited to me going forward. And yeah, I, I in the, in the lead up to me breaking my leg, that oh, that's right. So I, I gave up playing footy because I could focus on cricket. Yeah. Um, at the start of the footy, the following footy season, um, my coach came back to me from the the team that I left and said, "Hey, we're really short on numbers. It'd be awesome if you give us a chop out." I had a lot of respect for this guy. He was a fantastic man. Rest in peace. He's not with us anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a he was a beautiful soul, and I would have done anything for him. So I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll come. I'll come back. I'll come back for you. Um, and I think I got th- think three or four games later, like my hand got trampled, and I, I thought I broke. I thought I broke it. Um, Your whole hand. Yeah, well, I think I went to pick up the footy, and someone stood on my hand. It hurt, yeah. It was. It hurt a lot. Yeah, it was a start. I, oh, I heard like no, a, no. I heard like a snap sound. I thought it was my um. Thought it was a bone, but it ended up being alright. Uh, the following week, the same thing happened again, but it was a bit more intense that time. Just oh. or this time around. Yeah. 
And I, I genuinely this time I couldn't bend my fingers, like I couldn't, I could barely bend my Same wrists. Hand. Uh, might have been, yeah, might have been. And it was, I was, I just remember balling my eyes out. I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to play cricket. What am I doing? <laughs> um, I think I took the following week off. Um, and then the following week after that was when I came back, and it was like with five minutes left in the game, um, I went to tackle the my opponent, and my teammate got to him first from the other side. And then, so he tackled him and they both went to ground. I turned to my side to like protect myself and they both just hit the side of my leg and it kind of L-shaped folded underneath them. Ew. It wasn't pretty, but anyway, that ended up just being a massive moment in my life that it, it changed everything. It was like one of those, like I said, it's, it's an acute moment and the purpose of it wasn't to bring to light a chronic underlying issue it was to bring the light the fact that i needed to change direction in my life i needed to quick i needed to stop and reevaluate what i was doing what i believed where i was planning on going and you know i'm so blessed my my family were fantastic mm. you know through that whole rebuilding process for me um you know mum put so much <laughs> gave me so much energy and and she put so much work into helping me figure out where the lesson was for me in this. It was, that was a spiritual, that was a real, um, that, that, in that too, you know, like I say, it was a big spiritual, um, renaissance, we called it back at the end of my uni when I was 23 or 22 or something. And, you know, going forward to where I am now that actually back when I was, I think it was 15. Um, that was a moment too, where I gone, holy crap, something, there's something bigger. And I need to, I need to figure out where I'm going and why I'm going there. And, um, you know, I had the guidance of, of mum and I'm so grateful for, I'm just so grateful for my family, mm. um, that they, they were there for me and really helped me through that. And, and that I had them to help me figure out where I should be going, what I what is important. Um, so I was really, really blessed for that. But anyway, so that was just a really long way of me <laughs> relating to the idea that, acute pain is to mm. show you something in that moment in time yeah and that's there's more nuance to that but it's it's nothing that i can necessarily think of in the course of this conversation yeah, no, but that's okay that's to me is just what i sort of learnt um when it came to acute pain that yes there is a physical cause for it that is blatantly obvious when chronic pain those lines are a bit more blurred but there is still an underlying spiritual um, or emotional reason mm. that that pain, that that experience happens to you in the first yeah. place. Yeah. And that's, even though, yes, you can, you can fix a broken bone, you know, you can get your surgery and your cast and rest you and whatever. You still have to change something about your life. But there's a reason that you had that experience in the first that's place. It. That's it. And it's becoming aware of what that reason was. Mm. Well, it was like that to you. Um, so it was that experience with your leg. It was also, for me, it was my depression mm. of that hitting... Um, of that just shake up total shake up of my life and it was because I don't I don't actually know if I was given messages before that mm. I can't because it hit so hard so I was like was I missing something was was I told were there messages beforehand to even like begin or even like little just little things to kind of nudge mm, me little, in little right hints, direction? yeah, yeah. I can't think of anything. But that's the thing, right? When you're in, when you're, it's before you get to that moment, yeah. you don't pick up on it. 
because mm. you're not in this. You haven't had that. No, I'm just saying. So for you, like your leg, you could you your hand got trampled on twice uh, before that. So but that now was because, kind of because I've had that experience, though I can look back and go, there you go. Yeah, but I still can't figure out. I still can't see it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like there's looking back on the last the two years before that at least nothing but that's like like i said i had you know i had mum there she would she would sit with me she'd sit up with me there were times that she slept in bed with me because i was in so much pain i'm like can you can you like come and sleep with me and like just move my leg around a little bit because i'm in so much pain and she did it like you know so i said super grateful um shout out to mum (laughs) Um, but she also worked with me, worked through this. She read books with me. She, we had so many conversations about the spiritual. Cause like I said, I I grew up in a spiritual house. There were spiritual, um, uh, teachings and stuff Mm -hmm. everywhere. And so she, we, she really worked through this with me and it was like, it was something for us together to grow through. Mm -hmm. And so I had her to help point those sort of things out to me. So you didn't, you had a more, you were probably a bit more on your own when it came to. I was completely on my own. I didn't, not to say that my family was supportive, um, but no one really, because there's so many of us, no one really knew how bad, especially I was pushing everyone away. That was probably wasn't helpful. I really didn't want to talk about it. I told my that my parents and Phil, who I was living, I was like, don't tell the rest of the family that I'm home. I'm so embarrassed. I failed. I don't want to just go anywhere. I don't want to see anyone. I need to just figure this out. I was so ashamed. I, I closed off to everyone because I just didn't want to talk about it because it wasn't about the because it, it wasn't about the lesson it was just I fucked up I really yeah. screwed my life up I have I'm I'm a laughing stock is your ego talking yeah, yeah. completely and I couldn't I, and then I had to kind of get myself out of it but it was it was, it was very much oh, Moose is here <laughs> <laughs> hey boy hey boy you can come say hi. <laughs> nose between yeah, the You'll be part of the podcast. Who? Maybe one day. You can sit down and we can interview you. Hey. Well, here. He's here now. So, Mushi, tell me about acute pain that you've experienced in your life. And let's try and find out Actually, the spiritual... Actually, I would really like to know where he came from. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Why are you the way you are? You sit, sit and drop. Sit and drop. <laughs> he just wants to be with us. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Going. That's all right. Shoop. I don't mind. Shoop and drop. Yeah, you can just chill. There you go. Well, do you think your depression was like an acute incident or do you think it was something that was building up over a period of time and was probably more of a chronic episode that you that you sort of experienced? It had to have been chronic because as I've gotten older, my whole history, it makes sense for that to have happened. Like, maybe that, I'm just figuring that out now. Yeah. Looking back on the way I was brought up and my history and what I was like and maybe there was, maybe I did notice things that happened in my life, moments or friendships or... So we've got Mooshu in the background here. Yeah. <laughs> it's featuring. Yeah. And maybe those were... No, we can't throw the ball, honey. That is his tail. Chew the ball, just chew the ball. Okay, that yeah, friends. Okay, drop. <laughs> Come on, boy. Yeah. There you there go. You go. <sighs> Where was I? Like, was it was it a belief? Was it a, you having to reconcile with some questionable underlying limiting beliefs? 
that you sort of were able to comprehend at that moment in time? Oh, definitely. Well, it totally changed my world. Like I, I thinking like before my depression, I would, it, it feels like another lifetime ago. Mm. Like I feel like such a different person now or since my experience than what I was before. And it, it honestly feels like lifetimes ago. Yeah. It's, it's so surreal. Um, but I was very insecure. I was, um, I didn't feel worthy of money. I had all these really heavy limiting beliefs that I couldn't even function. I got to a point, I think that's why I ran away because everything was too much. I didn't, I couldn't hear what my, my higher self was saying or what my angels were telling me. I just wasn't listening. I was so caught up in the my social circle what i looked like and who who i was and i have to go to every party and i had to be a certain version of myself that i thought people wanted like it was just this it was so dysfunctional i was very dysfunctional and people wouldn't have known that everyone would be like, oh my god you're the life of the party i had a lot of issues when you say dysfunctional is it like a, a misalignment between what you actually believe and what you value and what you were what you were doing and what you were expecting of yourself to believe and value? I had no concept of values and beliefs. So it was all happening in my subconscious. Right. So I didn't know what I believed. I didn't know what I valued. Right. So I was dysfunctional. Yeah. I, I couldn't my life wasn't lining up. I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't to say I was unhappy. But you had I no was, foundation. I had no foundation. I was just moving through life as a human. I think that's the best way to put it. I was lit, I was just living a human, such a human experience without much of a soul, mm. which sounds really sad, but it's not because I felt joy. I was, I was happy. It's just but consciousness. It was, it was kind of, yeah, it was just surface stuff. Yeah. There wasn't any deeper meaning to my joy. Mm. I didn't know what was making me feel good. When I was dancing, I loved it, but I didn't know why I loved it. You know, I didn't know yeah. why it gave me such an elated feeling and why I felt like I, I was like pure ecstasy. Like that's how I felt when I was dancing. Anyway, on either if it was on stage, um, you on you doing Ukrainian dancing, or whether it was at a party, yeah. on the dance floor, like or even in my bedroom or at home, like it didn't matter where I was. The feeling of that movement, yeah. it resonated somewhere within me, but I didn't. My brain wasn't. It it's I didn't I don't have I didn't have a logical brain so I didn't even think to even ask the question why mm. I feel so I just enjoyed the moment yep. kind of thing. It's really unusual. Oh, I wouldn't say it's unusual. I think it's probably pretty common actually. Yeah. Um, to not generally be aware of your internal states and those things that fuel your mm. actions or they guide your actions and your um your choices that you make. Because I think like dancing, dancing is like a physical expression mm. of whatever it is that you're feeling at that moment in time, right? Like you're a lot more in tune with that sort of stuff and it's you like you draw and your drawing is a, your, is a visual yeah. um, representation of what you're feeling. You're conveying yourself. Sure. It's an expression. Yeah. Yeah. Another that's version, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's another version of expression. You're very expressive when it comes to um, yourself and what's sort of going on. Mm. Um, and maybe when you were dancing, you were a lot more looser and a lot more actually truthful to your internal state of being. Yeah. And that's why it felt so. You felt connected with that. 
at those moments in time, but you weren't conscious of that connection. Yeah. So it was like you were feeling really great, but you didn't understand that that's why you were feeling really great. It was probably the frustration of not having a foundation as well because I would, I mean, I did have bouts of anger. Like me having this kind of like internalised rage isn't something that's just happened. Mm. This is something that has been with me. And it, it could be a genetic thing, could be a historic yeah. thing. Um, but that, that was it. And I think part of that might have been the frustration of not having a foundation and not understanding things was mm. really frustrating and made me angry. And it wasn't just angry like, oh, I'm so mad, I'm so angry. It was a rage. It was a fire inside. It, was, it wasn't a nice feeling. Mm. I hated being angry. And people, you know, a lot of my friends, they played, you know, they used it kind of to pick on me because then you would get angry quickly usually it's what um, boys flirted like they flirted that way to kind of pick on me you did it I did yeah. <laughs> I picked it straight away yeah, exactly straight yeah away. so it, it's always kind of been part of me but I mean it's it's a lot less now because I've got control over it. I'm understanding it mm. and <laughs> you got control over it like this is this Hulk within you <laughs> if you get really angry you turn Some... into this big green bitch <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes. You know, what? sometimes you, know, you do take on that form, I and do. it's terrifying. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny pissing you off until oh, it gets no. scary. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't like being in that state. I kind of get scared because I sometimes don't can't control it, mm. and that just could be something that's just been part of me. Anyway, um, I don't even know what the point. What were we? I I, I asked you about um, whether depression was a chronic. Sure. A chronic thing or an acute thing. Yeah. Um, I think I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah. I don't but think... Yeah. I was, I was just going to say because it, it seems like from the discussions that we've had in the past and even just in light of this now, it's, it's like the depression didn't necessarily put you on a different path. It actually brought to the surface things that you were previously unaware of. Mm. Like those limiting beliefs. Yeah. Or what you were missing or no. what you wanted. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Is that... I haven't thought about it. So yeah. that's why it's kind of like I, I'm something I, I've got to kind of like mull over. It'll be interesting how this um, theta healing journey goes for you. Well, that's it. Because I do actually want to do that work on myself. Mm. And I want to learn how to connect with that part of me. Because it is something that I want to understand further. And I do, feel, I do believe that this is for me. Because mm. she says she... I think it's what's I think what's drawing me so much to this is the fact that I know I know this. Mm. I know everything she's telling me and I've always known it. It's like she's giving me permission to do it because I'm remember how I was looking for the right kind of energy class or course yeah. to do yeah. and I'm like I don't need a course. I do not need a course. I have it within me. And it's not an ego thing. I know yeah. that I am a healer and that I don't need someone else to unlock something or tell me how to use my own energy because only I am in control of that. And only I want to connect to the divine and the creator of all is and God the way that I want to connect with mm. him. And, I, and that guidance from her is is important I, I'll take guidance but I will not let anyone tell me how to use my energy yeah because it's simple it's not difficult she's like just connect 
yeah. be there, send it down. Obviously, that's what you do. What else would you do in that state? You're not going to just hold it up there. You're going to take it, bring it down, and you're going to heal yourself or heal whoever's in front of you that's come to you. And be with that person and get to know them. It's it's something that's not foreign to me. And I know that it's my calling because there's been a lot of signs that have led me to up until this point. Because mm. I... I don't, uh, the hard drive, the resources folder that I look at, I don't always look at it. But when I do, something catches my attention. Yeah, it's when like every, not, every time you open that folder, it's like there's something there relevant to that point in time. I, I, I remember writing energy healing in the, the search thing. Yeah. I was like, I'm just I'm like, maybe there's something on there I can kind of use as like, maybe there's anything about Reiki or theta healing is the only thing that's on there. Mm. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm like, what's this? What's theta healing? I don't know what I've never heard of it before. And I'm like, this resonates with me. And I couldn't stop reading. I'm already halfway through the book. And I'm captivated by this, um, the way this woman is just giving people permission to connect. And she says, you've got to put your ego away. But when you're, the thing is, is that it's not hard to do if you, if you, can, if you want to do this work. It's not hard when you believe, if you believe that this is a divine power, it's, it's kind of all there is to it. If you divine that, if you divine, if you believe that there's something greater than you, that there's an energy that is powerful, so powerful, and is infinite, and is love, and is all that, doesn't matter what you call it, that's all there is to it. And if you trust yourself and believe that you can do it, then that's it. She, she says that's pretty much it. Because I went on our website and I looked up, she's like, learn to how to be a practitioner. I'm like, I don't need it. The, the whole page of unload and I was like okay well that's a sign because intuitively I'm like what are you doing yeah what yeah, are you, you doing don't you don't need it mm. you're already doing a counseling course and that's something that you're learning so much from and you're taking the steps toward that but this is something that's you, you know? yeah because I think something that I'm like that I did have to come to terms with that too with with osteo because I totally agree with you and I totally understand where you're coming from. I think the reason this resonates with you so much and why I appreciate it so much is that it's our language Mm -hmm. and it it matches what we believe. And when it came to um, osteo, it's like one of the, even, even when I was in the, in the student clinic treating patients, it was like, I'm, I'm here. I've been taught all these techniques and all this theory as to why you might be experiencing this pain, and because this is what you're experiencing, this is the this is the physiology of the uh, disease or the the pain that you have, and so this is how we we treat it, mm. and this is how you can manage it. I said all physical surface level stuff, mm. which is fine. Like I said, it's not. I'm not poo pooing the profession. It's necessary, no. yeah. but to me, it didn't um, fulfil those deeper those underlying um, reasons that it's there in the first place. So I'm here like as a, as a, as a physical human treating another physical human, but your the cause of your pain is not likely to be physical. Yeah, right. And so how am I supposed to physically treat you and know what the right treatment is for you when it's, it's not something that I actually have access to? Mm. It's something that it's, it's actually yours. And I, I can manipulate you on a, in a, on a physical plane but the actual work to help cure whatever your illness is, is not something that I actually can, can do myself. Mm. And I think that's another thing that was really ticking through my mind as well. Um, as I was going through the later years of uni, uh-huh. is that I'm like, there's something more. There's something more when it comes to healing people. 
when it comes to actually helping someone overcome pain. Um, and, and I didn't know what that was and it was really frustrating. And so, but now it's like when you talk about the theater stuff, it just seems to really resonate with that. Mm. Um, because I, 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 um, after uni, I went into, I, cause I walked away from osteo, but I'm like, I wanted to look at the energy stuff because to me, it's like, if it's not physical, then obviously it's an energetic thing. I kind of had enough yeah. now to go, okay, that's probably more the, the, the angle that I need to come in at. Yeah. And so I just looked into the most obvious energy healing that was probably the most mainstream at that point, which is Reiki. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I did, I got certified for Reiki one and then I kind of nothing, it kind of fizzled from that. I actually did it again. I got certified for Reiki 1 again, um, uh, I think later last year. Yeah, it would have been. No, it might have been earlier this year. No, Reiki 1 again. It was a different instructor. Sure. And the thing that I found with Reiki and what eventually turned me off about it, and is exactly the point that you made just before, is that with Reiki, you're going, yes, you're learning, I guess, theory and, and technique to an extent, but it's also about what they call attunements, is that you have the instructor that's there that is does and it performs an attunement on you which opens up your energy channels which allows you to it's like it's like the, the, the forces the life force is always there the reiki energy is always there for you to access but you need someone to open you up to it mm. and to me the more i kind of think about it i'm like why like you know like we believe we are we have access to all of this because we are from all of this why do i need someone else to come in and attune me to it change your energy though well you can do that well exactly and that's yeah, what right. i really respected when you started talking about this modality because mm. i'm like that's it's fantastic finally mm. as an as an energy practitioner that's working with these deep 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 levels that are so crucial when it comes to a person's physical mental spiritual health you finally have a practitioner that's saying i don't have to show you anything or open you up to anything it's the it's yours to do. I, I can explain to you a bit of the theory, a bit of um, how it works. Yeah. But when it comes to the application mm. and and your your self opening yourself up to it, that's yours. It's no, that's something that like she can show you how to do it. You know, she does show you how to get into that those planes of existence. There's a, she also it's called theta for a reason because it's the brainwave that she's done tests and studies on it you know she goes we did these um studies where people had these things you know, stickers on the there nodes. yeah the nodes on the forehead the brain on the, on the forehead and um she goes we got we actually at one point um ran out of stickers so we started using suction cups and she's like we went to all, all lengths to get these studies done and it was great because it actually proved that it worked and she goes, it has helped over and over and over again. And she's like, why? Because she's after she healed herself the first time with the with the leg, then she um, healed something else. I can't remember what it was. And then she's like, oh, it's working. All right, I'm gonna keep trying it. I'm gonna keep going and see if I can actually maybe apply this to someone else. Then it worked. And then she kept going. And then she started to change her approach and then um, into like develop her approach. Sorry. And it, it became something mm. and she found more and more proof that this works. It's amazing um, the power that you have access to when you align yourself with a higher power. Yeah. With something bigger than yourself. Because she does talk about alpha, beta, theta, delta and gamma. gamma. 
She yeah. talks about the other states, but the theta one is the one that connects you. I, I, I think it's I think it's fantastic, you know, and maybe it's something that I could go down that way as well with you, um, because I, you know, I, I'm I'm still trying to find out where I sort of fit yeah. and what I want to do and what works for me and what course of action best suits my strengths and beliefs. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be a period of time. I think I'm still consolidating what I actually do believe and what I do want to achieve. And, um, you know, I I had mum in my ear the other day and you were there telling me that I'm a healer. I'm supposed to heal. This is what I put on this earth to do. And now I can't get away from that. And, you know, we pulled out all the, the astrological evidence that points to that being my destiny. Um, which is it's probably true. I'm not going to poo-poo it. It's probably true. I do feel that I am. I, I do feel compelled to have some kind of active role in that, but I'm still discovering what that is. Mm. And um, you need a time. Like I, I thought I knew, you know, back when I was 20, 23 even, that I could do this. You yeah. know, I wanted to be a yoga teacher for so long, but I had limiting beliefs there. I have a better understanding through my twenties, and I actually really appreciated them. I, I know I'm always crap on about, oh, my God, I'm 20, I'm getting so old, I'm nearly 30. You're so old. <laughs> You're starting to look old. <laughs> oh, it's such a good big movie. fat Greek wedding reference. So good. Um, but yeah, like I know I'm crap on about it, but I actually, I, I actually understand now what my 20s were for yeah. and it built me and it got me here to this this mature, not maturity, I don't say like ego, but I am in this state of knowing. I know who, I know my path. We've got to experiment. We've got to figure things out. We've got to trial things and be okay with messing up for a mm. decade. You know, it's not that long and it has flown, but it's also gone for a really long time at the same time, which is so weird. Like I'm not 30 yet. You know, I'm going to blink and I'm going to be 40. But <laughs> I know, like, I, it feels so strange to think that I'm only 29. Because there's just, like, such a societal expectation for what the sequence of uh, life events is. Yeah. It's also what you put on yourself. Like, I thought I was going to be somewhere very different when I was 30. I, I should have had two kids by now. Well, that's, married that's with that a, sequence, isn't it? Yeah, right. But that wasn't mine. That wasn't my. That's, I didn't really want that. That was the expectation, and that's what I thought I wanted. Obviously, it wasn't. I'm very grateful that I'm not there because I wouldn't have found this path, and I wouldn't have found you. Well, that's right. I think we, um, you know, it's easy to say that, you know, there's a lot of mistakes and there's a lot of fuck-ups and we do screw up a lot. And that is the point because you're supposed to trial and error. And the whole point of trial and error is to fail so that you can understand what works and what doesn't work. Mm. And that, like you said, that's what your 20s were about. That's what mine have been about so far. And Mm. that's why I've still got a way to go. I've still got a long way to go before I'm going to feel settled and ready to get into something. I think that is going to be more um, serious and a lot more fully aligned where I can comprehend and I'm conscious of exactly the mm. reason why I'm in this profession or what I'm doing going forward. Um, and it might not take you that long. It might not. It you might, might not. actually figure it out next year. You yeah. might actually figure it out next week. But it doesn't matter because it's still that process of trialing it, figuring it out, seeing if it works for you, dipping your toe in the waters, you know. And at the end of the day, that process, it's perfect. It's perfect the exact way it is because it got you to here. Mm. Because if it, if it gets you to some kind of level of consciousness and empowerment with what you're doing and why and who you are, yeah. you know, then that process was perfect. It's so easy to look back and go, oh, I wish I was where I am now 
10 years ago, yeah. I would just be so much better along. But you, I you, don't. You... <laughs> I don't wish that. No, no, yeah. I don't. But it's no, easy but to saying, go, yeah. I wish I wish I was, I, I'd realised this 10 years ago or five years ago. Oh, I used to, yeah. Because like, you look back with hindsight, it's it's like so obvious to you because you know better now. You know more now. We're always going to know more. But back at that moment in time, you didn't know anything better. You were just going through. But exactly what you did was perfect and what was needed. That process was divinely perfect because it got you to this point, which is what you need, where you need to be. Yeah. And even when you look back on this moment in time in 10 years, oh, you go, yeah. oh, for fuck's sake, you know, I thought I had it all figured out, <laughs> you know. Oh, I have a long <laughs> It's never, it's still. a lifelong process. It and is a lifelong that's, process. It's, I'm still coming to terms with accepting that and surrendering to that. I'm doing the best I, think, I can. I think we'll always kind of be skipping <laughs> until we go and meet our creator. I think that's something that... Um, we'll be doing mm. in this life because we're we're very curious beings mm. and we'll keep questioning things and we'll keep having that at the back of our mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, this is a conversation we can just carry on for. No, it's a bit an hour forty. A very long time. <laughs> I would love I would love to um, pick back up on elements of this in future episodes. I think you say that every single. time. I know because it's just we just so much good content. <laughs> that's fascinating it's such interesting i love this stuff i love this uh, the the where this theater stuff is or theater I probably keep saying theater theater where it's taking you and the information that you're accessing yeah. through this and i think it's a it's an exciting journey and it's, it's an exciting direction um that you're going in and i think it'll benefit us both mm. even even if the benefit for me is the fact that i get to be able to engage in these kind of conversations with you absolutely and uh, you know we can share this i think this is really cool important stuff it is going to resonate mm. it is does resonate with those that are interested in anything spiritual in anything healing or energy related it's it, something you i've never heard of it no i'd never heard of it either yeah no it's it's really tickled my fancy it has the the, the pickle has been tickled <laughs> the jar has been opened that's right and uh there are there are there are worms going everywhere oh so you're in a pickle jar oh because i'm worms. ukrainian right you are ukrainian <laughs> that's right how could i forget oh, thank you for having this conversation with me oh, thank you honey thanks for sharing your time with us we hope you enjoyed the episode if you have any thoughts regarding the conversation today or just want to get in touch and share your experience, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at Logan and Yuja or send us an email at loganandyuja at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and until next time with infinite love.